So we've been making comments for five years now. That's over 100 episodes and counting. And our plan? Well, it's to keep making more seasons, even more episodes. And when I say we, I don't just mean the Commons team. I'm including you, our listeners and supporters. We can't make this show without you. We can't keep bringing you exceptional reporting every week without your support. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to become a Canadaland supporter. So from now until the end of May, we have a special deal for our listeners. Sign up now for just $2 a month for the next six months. You'll get access to all the episodes of Commons one week early and ad-free, as well as exclusive bonus content from all of our shows. There's discounts on merch, tickets to our live events, and so much more. This is a limited-time offer, and it's a pretty great deal that helps support our journalism. Just go to canadaland.com join or click the link in your show notes to become a supporter today. The Senate is made up of the types of people who enter the chamber. So if you have people who come in thinking like partisan hacks, acting like partisan hacks, they're going to be accountable to the party. So, Sapria, as you know, a lot of people have been pretty unhappy with Canada's Senate. A lot of criticisms about how the Senate is working or particularly not working. And now there's a new group of people who have big criticisms about the Senate, and it's current senators. Yeah, so Senator Diane Bernard, who we're going to speak to later in the program, along with five other senators, have proposed to start this working group in which they will welcome other senators into the fold in their new independent sort of party that's going to be neither liberal nor conservative because, as we know, they're only liberal or conservative senators because those are the only two parties who have ever formed government. That's right. And one of the major criticisms of the way that the Senate works is that the upper house, as it's known, has too much loyalty to the governing party in a lot of cases and gets pressured to push through legislation instead of really taking the second look at it that they're supposed to. Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, Senator Belmar felt so strongly about this that she actually quit the Conservative Party to sit as an independent and to make that point. So we'll talk to Senator Belmar about her decision to leave and what's next for this working group. The government has some new plans itself to make the Senate more independent that has nothing to do with this working group. But But even they, of course, have acknowledged that something's got to change, that you can't have this idea anymore that the prime minister gets to a point who he or she wants and they have to serve out their entire lifelong term with this partisan stripe on them. I'm Desmond Cole. I'm Sapria Devetti. And this is Canada Land Comments. This episode of Canada Land Commons is supported by Audible.com. If you go to audibletrial.com slash CanadaLand right now, you can get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial. Now, Desmond, I hear you're quite the voracious reader yourself. Well, I wouldn't say that, but I have found some time in between napping and snacking to read a little more lately. And one book that I think Commons listeners will love is... A Brief History of Seven Killings, a novel by Marlon James. Now, this novel centers around the 1976 assassination attempt of Bob Marley, and it actually follows events in Jamaica and the United States of America in the decades after that very, very formative moment. All I can say to listeners of Commons is that this is one of the most well-written pieces of fiction I have ever read in my life, and if you start this book, you will not be able to put it down. To get your free audiobook right now, go to audibletrial.com slash CanadaLand and you'll get a 30-day free trial. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash CanadaLand. 
Diane Belmar was appointed to the Senate in 2012 under the Harper government. She just left the Conservative caucus to sit as an independent. Senator Belmar has also been very vocal about Senate reform, and she's just formed a working group along with five others to try and make changes from within. What do you view as your role in Canada's Senate? My role in Canada Senate is to see that the legislation uh, that we receive is constitutional, respect the charters of right, doesn't have uh, opposition, that it has been adopted correctly. And then uh, if it was adopted in the other chamber and we cannot better the legislation, then we adopt it, no matter what we think about it personally. And this is our main legislative role with an eye focus on the interests of our regions, on our province. And so why do you feel you can't do that under the current system as the Senate is currently comprised? The working system uh, is in place since the beginning of Confederation. We had all the time two caucuses, one liberal and one conservative. And when you have only two caucuses, there's one that has the absolute majority. So it comes often that the political party in power in the lower house is the same as the political party in the Senate. When that's happening, it's very hard for the senators to be completely rigorous in their study of the legislation because we receive pressure from the House of Commons, we receive pressure from the PMO office, and uh, we become partisan. Did you feel you felt undue pressure from the PMO and the Conservative caucus? From time to time, absolutely. Because uh, the Commons wants us to pass the bills because they've been elected. They say, you have to pass this bill quickly and so forth. So we had pressure to do it, to just rubber stamp. This, in my opinion is caused mainly by the fact that in the Senate, there's only two formal caucus. With the U.S., Canada is almost the two countries in the world that we have this situation. In most countries, you have more political parties that are represented in the Senate. In the House of Lords, for instance, you have about five organized groups. So it's not easy for one political party to get the absolute majority and to run the House of Lords chambers. So the parallel uh, is not perfect between the two Hopper House, but um, this indicates, from my point of view, that we need in Canada to modernize the Senate, to have it less partisan, more independent. We need absolutely structural changes that goes along with at least third organized groups because then the Senate will be less polarized and because in the other chamber they know that they won't be able to force the adoption of bills, they will be able to be more rigorous in the bills that they are sending us. So, Senator Belmont, you and five other senators have decided very recently to create what you're calling a working group 
within the Senate. Is that your idea for this working group that they could kind of form the basis of a new independent third political faction within the Senate? You know, they will be coming uh, at least uh, 22 new senators. And uh, the government has changed the selection process. And they are telling us that the new senators that will be appointed are going to be independent senators. So when you arrive in the Senate, you're a bit lost. So our working group will try to invite them to join us. And uh, the more we will be, the easier it will be to make the institutional and structural changes that are needed in the rules and process. This working group is composed of many individuals we don't think alike, but that's not the point. The point of independent is to be impartial in their analysis. Nobody is neutral. We have our our values and so forth, but at least we can do rigorous study of bills. And integrity is okay. No matter if we like it or not, we would do that. While now, we don't do that because we are pressured by uh, political forces from the lower house. And this is historical. You know, it's in the structure of what we have. The prime minister, who is a liberal partisan, is still going to have more control over the appointment of new senators than anyone. So how are we to believe that those senators who are still going to be appointed in a process controlled by the prime minister, that they really will truly be independent? Like, how can we trust this idea that Justin Trudeau is coming out with, that this new committee that he's forming to appoint senators is going to be any different of a selection process than the old way? It's a new process, and uh, I'm not there to defend it, but I think it's a good idea. What is good about this process is that the board will at least study and confirm the constitutional qualifications of the people. They will confirm also their curriculum vitae, their experience. Are they able to do a Senate job? They have criteria. They will also confirm if those people are politically involved with parties. The commissioner will be able to say, this one is actively uh, working for this, this, and this one is not. So this is the guarantee, I guess, we can say uh, at least that the government is offering to the population about the new senators. Given that so much public faith in the Senate has been eroded in recent years, you know, we don't need to go over all the scandals. How do you think that the faith can be restored and that the chamber can once again become a chamber of second sober thought? I think uh, people uh, will be confident in the Senate through time (laughs) to the fact that uh, we're succeeding in uh, doing a good job. You cannot do it otherwise. We, of course, know that it is possible to make much bigger changes to the Senate, but that doing so would require a big... Constitutional change. Yes, constitutional conversation with all of the provinces. Unanimous consent of provinces. But given how much frustration there seems to be from different camps about how the Senate is working... Why not go there? Why not take up a larger, more structural reform instead of having these smaller solutions proposed? For one thing, the Senate is a complementary chamber. It's not a rival chamber. And they have that big conversation in UK 
for many, many, many years. And they didn't have constitution to change. They don't have a constitution as we have. But they did not arrive at having the Lords being elected. And you know what? I was there last year and I met with the Baroness de Sousa, who is the Lord in Chief at the Chamber. And I spoke with also with experts that study the House of Lord Chambers. And now it's the House of Commons who don't want an elected Lord Chambers. Because if you have two elected chambers, who's the one that's really representative? Who's the one that can do the second thought? Who's the one that should win in case of disagreement? There's a lot of uh, power that the lower house will lose if we were elected. To be able to do our job in a more democratic way, the appointment process is a good thing. Finally, it's a good thing. But you need to have good people that, that are appointed, people that people trust. People trust judges, and they are appointed. They are not elected. So we have to regain the confidence by within itself. The Senate has, hopefully, the new selection process will bring about senators that will want to affirm themselves as being independent. How much support is there within the Senate to see that kind of change that you're talking about? Obviously, you and your colleagues that form this independent working group are very keen to do this. But do you think at large other senators are looking to... There's many. And some senators belong to parties, but they believe in independence. And I know many of them. And I can give you one example of this kind of senator, Senator Royal from uh, the Liberal Party wrote books about the independence of the Senate. He wrote books about uh, everything, you know, a, a lot of things about a Senate that is more independent and nonpartisan. So he believes it if he writes it. <laughs> so there's others. I've come up with a brilliant idea for you, Senator Belmont. And if you're looking to brand this new group of six independents, I think maybe you might call yourselves the Ottawa Senators. What do you think? <laughs> Wait. And now we're going to speak to Heather Hewson, a PhD candidate at McGill University who is studying the Senate. So do you think then a truly independent Senate is viable and possible? Absolutely. It's it's what we should be working for. And it's certainly possible without any complex constitutional reform, which is what the previous government was wanting to do in order to create a chamber that would have looked just like the House of Commons. We have the tools at our disposal to make a Senate which is nonpartisan, which functions in a manner that is complementary to the House of Commons instead of as a competitor to the House of Commons, which is probably the last thing that a lot of Canadians want. They don't want another House of Commons. They want a chamber that's going to actually make a productive contribution to our democratic system. And the Senate has the ability to turn itself into that kind of chamber. Do you think that this latest development where Senator Diane Belmont and five other senators They're saying that they essentially want to form a third faction that is neither liberal or conservative in the Senate. Do you think that this is a step in the right direction towards a more independent Senate? Absolutely. 
this is exactly what the Senate should be trying to do. But first, they have to change some of the standing orders, because right now you need to have five people uh, to be recognized as a party, but you also have to be registered as a political party under the Canada Elections Act. If we want a nonpartisan Senate, we need some nonpartisan way for senators to group themselves together into a unified caucus and still have access to the privileges and responsibilities that party members in the Senate get. This includes funding for research, committee appointments, allocation of time during debate. But right now, even if you have 20 independent senators, they could band together all they want, but they wouldn't be eligible for these things under the current rules of the Senate. So what do you think is the best possible way? Like like if you were going to construct the Senate yourself right now, what would your advice be to this new, you know, magical independent Senate of how to avoid political partisanship and this sort of thing in the future? What they first need to do is change the standing orders of the Senate so that people who aren't aligned with a political party can still have all of the advantages that members of political parties currently get. The next thing that should be done is we should see a lot more independent or cross-bench senators. Cross-bench is a term that they use in the United Kingdom to describe about 21% of all members of the House of Lords who don't sit with any party. They are committed non-partisans, effectively. We don't have anything like that in Canada. We don't have a very strong tradition of independent senators because our rules currently disincentivize that. Who are senators ultimately accountable to? It depends on who they want to be accountable to. The Senate is made up of the types of people who enter the chamber. So if you have people who come in thinking like partisan hacks, acting like partisan hacks, they're going to be accountable to the party. If they come in and see themselves as being representative of their communities, they are going to act in a way that is more responsible to those communities. What incentive do you think right now any sitting senator has to actually act independently? I I mean, we heard just all the time about senators feeling pressure from their own caucuses, from the lower chamber to tow party lines. So if I'm a sitting senator, why would I want to act independently if I'm, you know, fearing reprisals of sorts or being shunned by my colleagues? Well, the sticks that are available to the party whip in the Senate, they're much weaker than they are in the House of Commons. In the House of Commons, you can get kicked out of caucus. That can happen in the Senate as well. But you can also have the leader of your party refuse to sign your nomination papers so that come next election, you can't run for the party again. The procedures for keeping people in line in the Senate are much, much weaker. And we actually see quite a bit of cross-partisan alliances that are formed, especially among people who have been in the Senate for a long time. They have their expertise, they have experience in the Senate, they conduct quite a bit of original research. So it's that knowledge and that desire to actually make a positive contribution to our democratic system that leads them to act independently. So a lot of this is self-driven. So the goal for these independent senators who want to reform things should be to remove the disincentive for acting independently. Every 
time, you know, Senate reform comes up, the C word inevitably comes up. Uh, no, not that one. The Constitution, of course. And we're talking about, you know, the provinces needing unanimous consent. And people always stray away from wanting to open up the Constitution. But I, I want to ask you, why would it be so bad to open up the Constitution? And why can't we just blow the sucker up? We just have to look at what happened the last time we opened up the Constitution. The Charlottetown Accord nearly ended with the breakdown of the entire country. And when people talk about reopening the Constitution to deal with Senate reform, they're ignoring the fact that we'd probably have to reopen the Constitution in relation to other provisions that are currently in there. Once you open the Constitution, you can't just say, we're only going to talk Senate reform you're going to have other interests that come into play here. So it'd be like a Pandora's box of sorts. Absolutely. And anyway, the types of reforms that would require constitutional reform aren't necessarily the best kinds of reform that we would want to see. Heather Hewson, thank you once again for joining Canada Land Commons. Thank you for having me. And that's our show for this week. If you want to follow us on Twitter and Facebook and show us some love, type in Canada Land Commons into that search bar. What do you mean if they want to follow? Of course they want to follow us. <laughs> Thanks very much to the producer of this program, Kevin Sexton. And that great music you heard was produced by Nathan Burley. Find us online at canadalandshow.com. And if you haven't already subscribed to the newsletter, Not Sorry, you best do it now. Or you will be very, very sorry. If you'd like to get at us, it's desmond at canadalandshow.com. And if you want to get at me, get at Desmond to get at me. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, please support us. Patreon.com slash CanadaLand. Canada Land Shortcuts will be up on Thursday, and the next episode of Canada Land Commons is up next Tuesday. Say goodbye, Sapria. Goodbye, folks. This episode is brought to you in part by the Douglas Mattress. Now, I've said it before and I'll say it again. One of the best, and I mean the best things you can do for yourself, is to get a good quality mattress. The time is now, people. Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress protector, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That's douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.